Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour two on this Thursday, NBA draft tonight. Jay Billis be working the draft for the mothership. He'll join us coming up. Stat of the day brought to you, as always, by Panini America, the official trading cards of The Dan Patrick Show. You've been asking, in case you're going to be in Dublin, Ireland, for the Notre Dame-Navy game at the end of August, we are trying to get our show over there, and we hope to have an announcement by next week, one way or another, if we're able to go over there and do a couple of shows in Dublin. But we'll keep you posted. Also, with the new batch of moonshine, it's watermelon moonshine tailgate. Probably have that in the second week of July. So we'll keep you posted on all those things. And if you're on the newsletter... Go to danpatrick.com. You'll get a heads up on all of this before everybody else does. It's uh, the original story of LeBron James, the true story, the Peacock original. It's about LeBron James and his buddies, and uh, it's about trying to be the number one team in the nation in high school. That's available on Peacock. And so is this show. Good morning, if you're watching. What's the poll question? I don't even know if we settled on one in the first hour. Scene. You know what? We didn't, but we're going to throw two up okay. there. Okay. Uh, well, we kind of have to do, I feel like, who won the trade, Celtics, Wizards, or uh, Grizzlies, right? you got to get that on the on the record. I don't – okay. The Celtics get two first-round picks and Kristaps Porzingis. Washington gets a bunch of nothing, and – Memphis gets Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart. I would say Boston did quite well. I don't know if that's even a question. I got Marcus Smart, who's going to be there while Jaw is out for 25 games. And maybe he's there to help some leadership, you know, leadership role, maybe. But I would say Boston getting Porzingis. Now, Washington doesn't have to pay Bradley Beal. Does, they don't have to pay Kristaps Porzingis. I don't know if they're going to bring Kyle Kuzma back. He wants $30 million a year. Seems odd that a trade would be so one-sided yeah, then. Yeah, If it's a no-brainer that the Celtics won, who got fleeced I, here? Um, I, I'm just surprised what Boston got out of this. Now, they're going to have to pay Porzingis. you got to pay Jalen Brown. You're already paying Tatum. Um, 
you almost were able to get rid of Malcolm Brogdon, but then the Clippers were like, uh, we don't know about his health. We're not going to, we're not going to follow through on this deal. Cause if they had gotten, if, if they were able to trade away Brogdon and still get Kristaps Porzingis, that would have been, and keep Marcus smart. That would have been a great move. And it feels like Brad Stevens is uh, picking up where Danny Ainge left off by pulling off a pretty good deal. At least it certainly feels that way. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Jay Billis will join us in about 20 minutes. We'll get to phone calls coming up. Say good morning to our radio affiliates around the country and those chatting on chat row. Operator Tyler standing by to take your phone calls. All right. uh, Poll question for hour two, Seton, is going to be what? Hour two, Dan, is going to be if you were going to buy stock in one player, Bryce Young, Caleb Williams, Victor Wembanyama. Who would you buy stock in right now? Is this yours, Paulie? Yeah, I was thinking number one pick of the draft quarterback, number one pick of the draft, uh, Vic for the NBA, and the assumed number one pick next year, Caleb Williams of USC, who everyone loves and you hear almost no negatives about. If you had to buy a stock in those three players for the next 10 years. Well, am I buying low? Like, is Victor Wambayama Apple stock? Yeah, I feel like you're buying that higher. Right? Yeah. It's a little high, but the upside is global. He is a global athlete compared to American athletes in football. Well, I would I would invest in Victor Wambayama. Hey, Caleb Williams and Bryce Young, it's just another, you know, that long line of quarterbacks coming in who are going to be ready to play and could be good, could be maybe really good. Victor Wambayama might be one of the great players of all time. I don't know if anybody's going to say that about Caleb Williams or uh, Bryce Young. I mean, they might, might say they could turn out to be a really, really good player. Victor Wambayama has the potential to be one of the great players of all time. Yeah, Paul. What about the downside? What about a seven-four guy who is, you know, not not very heavy, not looks doesn't look very strong, foot injuries, all that kind of thing. Mm. The downside seems as bad. No, I'll take that chance. Kevin Durant seemed to hold up in the yep. NBA for the most part. Going to be a thirty thousand point scorer, win a couple championships. Uh, Wembyama has a chance to be dominating at both ends of the floor. Kevin Durant was never he was a he became a good defender, but he was never a great defender. Wambayama could change the game as far as being a rim protector. Getting back to the old days, he protects the he's gonna block a lot of shots. The first thing you'll notice about him is he is blocking a lot of shots. And he's gonna block jumpers. He'll be he'll be in the lane blocking jumpers. And guys are gonna have to get adjusted to that. It's like, whoa. And there's going to be every layup contested by him. Yes, Eden. I forget who it was talking. I don't know if it was on our show or if I saw it online or something, but talking about how you have to get used to watching him play. You just don't understand what it's like because, like you were just saying, he could be down at the rim, like protecting the rim there, and will get out to block a three-pointer in the same motion. Yeah, I I just I think that's an easier transition is playing defense as opposed to offensively. How do you use him? How does Greg Popovich use him? Yes, yes. Uh, Tom. I'm sure they'll work on his strength and conditioning, but you don't have that concern as Paulie was alluding to that fragile nature of someone really tall and thin. I know you know Durant might just kind of be a unicorn when it comes to that, like the Sean Bradleys and some other big guys that have had some. Uh, well, you're susceptible to it, but I I have to believe that. He's played against professionals the last couple of years. And I, don't, I don't know if he's injury prone. 
You know, Bill Walton was injury prone. There's certain guys injury prone. Yes, Eden. Well, he's not heavy, but he's really got that on his side. I that think. can actually be a good thing. Like Definitely. Zion is is too heavy for his body, right? And his body, he'll fight his body the rest of his career. Wembayama could be just, and Popovich will put him in positions to succeed. I, I don't think he's going to be banging away against people, but I promise you, when you see. Him down low, and you go in there, he's going after your shot. He's, he's going to have a couple of games where he has probably 10 to 15 block shots. I truly believe that. Now, they'll, they'll adjust because everybody adjusts. After a while, you're like, okay, can't go there. If I go there, i got to get this shot off quick or quicker. But Victor Wambayama, that'll be the first thing I think you notice. Like Now, I remember when Manute Bowl made his debut. I was there. It was a preseason game. And when he walked out, and we were in the Washington, D.C. area, he played against Patrick Ewing. And he walked out. If you would have said that guy has stilts on underneath his warm-ups, I would have said, I, I believe you. He was so thin. Now, what was asked of Manute Bull is different than what's going to be asked of Victor Wambayama. Because Manute was a, a, a shot blocker and became a pretty good three-point shooter in his career, later in his career. Victor has got a handle. He's got a jumper. He can beat you off the dribble. He's got moves, good footwork, but he is going to go after your shot, and he is going to block a lot of shots. Since the NBA draft went to its current two-round format, this is 1989, there have been 54 players drafted 16th or later who made it to at least one All-Star game. Because I was curious, you know, sometimes the Celtics are getting Memphis's two first-round picks, uh, but they're going to be late first-round picks, uh, you know, in, what, 2025 and 2027, something like that. So what are you getting when you get a first-round draft pick? In the NFL, you covet those first-round picks. In the NBA, is it that important? It really depends on what type of team you have and how are you building your team. So... A total of 1,470 players have been drafted 16th or later over that span since 1989. You guys want to guess the percentage of players drafted 16 or later that made at least one All-Star game. Todd, I'll start with you. 29%. All right. Seton? 10.7. Marvin? 18%. Paulie? I would think it'd be low, 10 or, you know, yeah, 10%. 3.7%. 3.7. Uh, the last player, 16th or uh, later, to make an All-Star game, Jarrett Allen. He was uh, the 2017 class. Whoa! Stat of the day. Here comes that what? stat of the day. Uh, Jimmy Butler uh, leads the group of six All-Star game appearances. Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Tony Parker, Jermaine O'Neal, Sean Kemp. They were taken 16th or later. Uh, The Joker, five All-Star games. Four All-Star games. Draymond, Paul Millsap, Rajon Rondo, Latrell Sprewell. Three All-Star game appearances. Rudy Gobert, Chris Middleton, Nikola Vucevic, Marcus Gasol, and Gilbert Arenas. Also, since 1989, only two players selected 16th or lower have averaged 20 points per game for their careers. Ooh, this is tasty. 
Only two players taken 16th or lower have averaged at least 20 points per game for their careers. This is since 1989. One is obvious, one is not. Marvin, I'm going to start with you. Two players average at least 20 points per game, selected 16th or lower. One is obvious. Oh, this is hard. No. Obvious? Yeah, the obvious one. We're going to be upset when we don't get it, right? Yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's obvious. No. I literally don't have any. No, it's not obvious? No. Okay. Yes, he... Nikola Jokic? Yes. Yes. Is he averaging 20? Yeah, 20.2. The other player averaged 20.7. He has been on the show... Yes, Mark. Not Gilbert Arenas. Yes, blue, blue, oh, blue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Gilbert Arenas. I love that guy. I got the non-obvious one. Okay. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> uh, of the players drafted 16th or lower since 1989, only one player has averaged seven assists per game or better for his career. Yes, Mark. Rondo. Blue, blue, blue. If it's, if it's random, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. All right. So those first round draft picks, maybe not as valuable as uh, we think they're. Certainly not with the NFL. NFL loves their first round draft picks. Yes, Seton O'Connor. Let's get on the nickname thing again, real quick. Okay. The French Wamba. Instead of the Black, the Mamba. Black Mamba. Yeah. Right. Homage to Kobayashi. Okay. No? Right. French Wamba. No, no. I, yeah, I got it. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. As you are. <laughs> Alec in Arkansas joins us. Hey, Alec. Hey, Dan. How are you? Great, Alec. Good. Uh, three things real quick. First, I'd like to wish my brother, Zach, a happy birthday, 29. And he's a soon-to-be father, so if you could have give, give him some advice. And then third, I have a pie-to-the-face bet. Okay, you want to tell me what it is, or am I supposed to guess? Uh, well, you can guess, but uh, my pie to the face bet is that both Anthony Black and Nick Smith Jr. will go top ten tonight. Okay. <laughs> I'm assuming those are basketball players. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows who's in the draft? I'm assuming they went to Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> uh does does anybody want a piece of Alec, whose uh, brother's birthday today? I always suggest why not call your brother. You know, maybe that's the best thing. You don't have to call the show. Just you don't have to treat it like it's Instagram or anything. You just just call him. Like it's, it might be foreign to uh, younger people. Just maybe call him. Any advice for uh, parenthood? Uh, Spend less time at uncle's house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Less time watching uh, Arkansas basketball. Just More kidding. time uh, raising your kid. Yes, Mark. Yeah, I only knew those guys because you kind of wiped the floor with them during the NCAA oh, tournament. Oh, wow. Wow. Let's go. Yeah, look at Marv with his uh, UConn T-shirt on today. I remember the UConn-Arkansas Twitter beef was just unreal. There was, like, legit beef. Yeah, there's, like, real anger. Yeah, those two states have always hated each other. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no connection at all. Yes, Marv. You kind of really dominated. Go ahead. Okay. Sorry, back to you. No, no, no. Dan Hurley got paid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 
Take a take a victory lap. Six years. Yeah. Uh, speaking of beefs, we'll have this for you coming up. Travis Kelsey. He uh, he was on his podcast and and he didn't like that Jamar Chase of the Bengals was disrespecting his quarterback. Jamar Chase had said, uh, you know, basically Patrick Mahomes, Patrick who, when uh, Joe Burrow said Mahomes the best quarterback right. in the NFL. Joe Burrow was asked who the best quarterback was, and he says, well, right now you have to look at Pat because yeah. Patrick Mahomes is the best. He's got two rings. Yeah. Then they asked Jamar Chase, what did you think about Joe Burrow saying that? And he was like, who? Mm. Pat who? Mm-hmm. I don't even know who you're talking about. Yeah. And then Patrick Mahomes went on <laughs> social media and was like, that's who? Picturing him with two rings. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Patrick. That goes back when Patrick Roy, this was not too long ago, where somebody called him out, and he, there was a picture, I think, where he had uh, a famous goalkeeper, one of the great goaltenders of all time, and he had his Stanley Cup champion rings, and he said, hold on, I didn't hear you. I have to take my Stanley Cup rings out of my ears. <laughs> I, I, I think it was something along those lines, but Patrick, wow. Scoreboard. Thank, yeah, thank you, Todd. All right, we'll come back. We'll get Because to... it's funny because it doesn't make any sense either. Like, I can't hear with all these rings in my ear. Yeah. Like... yeah. Well, take the yeah. rings out of your ears. Usually your ears, it's bad when you have a ringing in your ears. Your ears ringing yeah. is usually a bad thing. What is that called? Tin... Tinnitus. Tinnitus. Anybody had tinnitus? No, I got terrible ears, though. Just from this industry. Oh. Wearing headphones for 20... 20- Something years, yeah. yeah, yeah, huh? Yeah, huh? Double that, yeah. I've right. been wearing my headphones for for a long time. Yeah, but you know what? People say, "Well, why do you wear your headphones?" I I love the sound of radio. I love all of the sounds that come up. Whereas on TV, you're you're projecting, but you don't necessarily hear the same way you do with radio. And radio is really intimate. And plus, if you had a voice like this, wouldn't you want to hear it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Marvin's. Cookout playlist. Make sure you go and vote. DanPatrick.com right now. Am I getting roughed up uh, with my my take on Southern Rock? A little bit. A little bit, yeah. If somebody thinks Molly Hatchet should be in there with the Almond Brothers, oh dear, you're you. They have no idea. Dan, the problem is, it's like if you were talking barbecue and you're from the North, your opinion is watered down, even if your opinion could be correct. You're talking Southern rock and you're from the North. You're not going to get a, a lot of help. I played this music. I played Molly Hatchet. I played Skinner. I played you didn't live it. I did. <laughs> I'm from Southern Ohio, not Ohio, deep South of Ohio. The Allman brothers created Southern rock. Dwayne Allman, great guitar player, tragically passed away in a motorcycle accident. He created it. Probably down at Muscle Shoals. Okay, let's take a break here. I'm sure I'm being told to stay in my lane. Stay in your lane, talking hairdo. 18 after the hour, the great Jay Billis will join us next here on the Dan Patrick Show. I got a great night's sleep. Every great day starts the night before. So there's no excuse. I'm ready to go. I got energy. I'm alert, fired up. Sleep number takes good care of you. 75 is my sleep number. Uh, two beds in one, adjustable firmness on each side. You may want it a little bit uh, stiffer. You may want it a little bit looser, a little softer there. That's what she said. Uh, sleep number beds automatically respond to your movements throughout the night, and you stay sleeping comfortably. And they have all kinds of tips to help you sleep throughout the night. 
Uh, the partner snore technology. That's great for Seton's wife. Sleep number at the next level. Sleep number 360 Queen C2 Smart Bed, only $899. Save $200 plus special financing. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash Patrick C store for details. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NASCAR's back on NBC. Second half of the season heats up in Nashville Sunday, June 25th in primetime on NBC. DraftKings has the odds of who's going to go number two overall tonight. Brandon Miller right now the slight favorite over Scoot Henderson. Jay Billis, the popular analyst for the mothership, he'll be on the call. NBA draft coverage coming up tonight starts at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Who do you think is going number two? I think it'll be Brandon Miller. Uh, of Alabama, primarily because he's 6'9", and he shoots it really well. And uh, Scoot Henderson, the one thing he hasn't figured out yet is the shooting piece. He's not a great perimeter shooter. He can make shots, uh, but he's not a consistent perimeter shooter. And and that's one thing in a, in a league that puts a premium on shooting. 
Uh, my guess is Charlotte's going to lean toward the six nine guy that can really shoot it. How much of a concern is that in a league where everybody can shoot? You got a guy who can score but can't shoot in Scoot Henderson. I mean, it's certainly a concern, but he does so many other things at an elite level that uh, I think he's going to be a capable shooter. And he'll he, like he improved from his first year in the G League to his second. Like he's the only player I know I know of that's played two years in the G League uh, out of high school before going into the draft. He 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 graduated high school early to play in the G League, and his numbers actually were better offensive rating, rebounds, assists, better than Jalen Green when he was in the G League. Yeah, he's a he's a ridiculous athlete, and he reminds you a little bit of when Russell Westbrook was at UCLA. Yeah, I'm not saying Russell Westbrook now, but at, at UCLA, um, he he's impressive and uh, and he's really competitive. Um, so it's it. I don't want to say it's a coin flip, Dan, but it's a it's a. Cl- I think it's a close call, but but I would certainly go toward the better what I consider to be the better prospect in in Miller simply because he 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 has the shooting part figured out and he's he's super athletic and long and rangy and rebounds and all that. What would be a reasonable rookie season for Victor Wambayama? Well, he's going to be an impact player right away, especially on the defensive end. Um, I, I I think he'll be an all-star. Um, he was raised for this, and and he you know he's incredibly productive. A lot of guys that you know are nineteen years old international players, they've not been lead dogs on their team. But he led that French league in scoring, rebounding, block shots, and I found this to be compelling. So Rudy Gobert played in the same division in France. He played in 27 games in that division. Wembanyama played in 34, so it's seven more games for Wembanyama. Wembanyama blocked over 50, 50 more shots than Gobert did, and like I get, I get the feeling that people have that oh, here we go again, more hype. Um, I look at the word hype as as kind of, you know, fake, like it's almost, you know, Barnum and Bailey Barker stuff. The, 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 this is fact, man. This guy is the real deal. And and nobody's making this up. The, the only thing that stops him and I'm not saying he's not going to have rookie growing pains and all that stuff or some games he looks bad. You know, every rookie has that. But um, but the only thing that derails him uh, in his career is going to be an injury and he's not shown any tendency for injury. Uh, he does a lot of injury prevention. Um, this, this isn't made up. He's the best I've seen best prospect since LeBron. And that includes some really good prospects. Okay. Let me ask you about that. Knowing what you knew about LeBron when he was going into the draft, not since then. And you, what you know about Victor Wambayama, if both were on the board right now coming out of high school or Victor Wambayama out of the French League. Who would you take? I've asked myself that question a lot because I think it's uh, it's profoundly interesting. Um, and and you're right; it's difficult to dismiss you know what LeBron's done afterwards because you would take you know you'd always take the sort of bird in the hand. You get a guy that plays till he's 38 at this level, uh, which is hard to imagine. But in today's game, I might lean toward Victor because of the way he impacts the game at both ends. The, the problem is, like, so when LeBron came out, uh, y- you'll remember this. Like, I was saying, you know, best high school player I've ever seen, uh, just as skilled as Garnett or Kobe, but more physically imposing. Like, the physically imposing part with LeBron, he was like a, 
cyborg at, at age 18 and you knew it was going to get better. Um, and the only thing we question there is, is, is he going to improve as a shooter? Cause he wasn't a knockdown shooter. Um, but I mean, look what he's done. And I think Wembanyama is the same kind of, he's can't miss. And you don't say that about everybody. Um, at least I, I try not to, he, he is absolutely can't miss and, and you, you hate to say it, but, but injury is the only thing that stops yeah. him from being truly great. Yeah. And I think I would probably lean towards Victor Wambayama because knowing what LeBron could do, having seen him play a football game in high school and a basketball game in high school, he was just bigger and better and more imposing than everybody. I didn't think he could shoot but he was the best passer on the floor at his height. You look at Victor Wambayama, I, I said this last hour, he'll have a game where he has 10 blocks this year. And, and, and Popovich will put him in places where he can succeed. Pop never cares about rookie of the year or all-star appearances or any of that stuff. And I think that that'll be beneficial for him as well. Whereas LeBron went into Cleveland, he didn't have the guidance that Victor Wambayama is going to have. Yeah, and you know LeBron was was more um, publicized because he was here. Remember, he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated uh, as a, as a high school player. We were putting his games on television back then, which seemed like a foreign concept. Now it's we see high school games all the time, but back then you were like, wait a minute, you know, dial it down a notch. And you know when you when I said he was the best high school player I'd ever seen, I got criticized for that. Um, you know, now I don't think you would take heat for that kind of thing, but, but that was, that, that was the subject of criticism in, in 2003. But if Wembanyama played here, um, I think the, the one thing like him being a, a lead dog on his team, you know, leading, leading the league and scoring rebounding blocks at 19, most, most international players, his age are role players. And that league has a bunch of former NBA guys in it. And uh, and look what he did to it in a 40-minute game in International Worlds. And then he came over here. You probably saw this, but if anybody hasn't, they're available. He played two games in Las Vegas against the G League Ignite, which had Scoot Henderson on it, Leonard Miller, guys that are going to go in the draft tonight. And he averaged 36 and a half points in the two games. He, he had 37 and 36 in two games. I mean, it's it, – you know – He's the real thing. And like if and you tell me what you think of this. If Ralph Sampson were born 19 years ago, maybe we'd have a little bit of a comparison. And by that, I mean, if Ralph were born 19 years ago, he would have been raised differently in the game. You know, when 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 we were in college, you know, you go to practice and then at some point in practice, the coach would say, all right, big guys down here guards down here and the big guys would do back to the basket stuff if they ever faced up you know at what there was no three-point line back then but they were ever faced up on the perimeter they'd be like whoa 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 whoa. what are you doing <laughs> like who do you think you are and and uh but when Banyama operates at the three-point line he can operate out of pick and rolls he handles the ball like a, he's like a 6-2 guard that somebody put in a uh, a 7-5 body it's really re- it's jaw-dropping it's remarkable Talking to Jay Billis, he'll be on the call. Malika Andrews will be the host, NBA draft coverage, and that'll uh, start at 8 Eastern on the Mothership coming up tonight. What do you think is the biggest mistake talent evaluators, GMs make when it comes to assessing how good somebody is going to be in the NBA? I, I don't know that I can put my finger on any one. It's not just one thing. 
Uh, and I think everybody makes those mistakes. Like Nikola Jokic was drafted number 41 in, in, overall, and, and he was taken in the second round. And it wasn't because, you know, talent evaluators just don't get it. Um, it's hard to do. And, and it's hard to gauge. Like, we're going to look back on this draft for sure. Not, I don't think on the, with, with Victor, but we're going to say in five years, 10 years, we're going to go, we should redraft this thing. The ninth, ninth drafted player was better than the second drafted player. That happens every year. Yeah. And there's somebody that comes out of the second round that turns out to be uh, an all NBA player, not, not all NBA, but an all star player. It happens. Um, but you're, you're, there's so much of this that you're kind of betting on the future and trying to project. Like one of the things I think about, so Grant Hill, when he was a freshman, if he had come out after his freshman year, we would have said, can't shoot, can't shoot. Look at his three point percentage. The guy can't shoot athletic, but can't shoot. And, but he came out as a senior and he could shoot then. And he, he was, a, a an amazing player. Like he was the Sandy Koufax of basketball his first seven years, his numbers compared to only a handful of the all time greats. Um, and, and that's what got, you know, evaluators are trying to do is project where they're going to be. And the, the thing is projecting heart and competitiveness in, in that league is difficult. And some guys have different, you know, personal makeups that make them better players in the long run. Uh, I've found it to be really hard. I'm a, I'm a lot more humble about it than I used to be. And, and humility is not my strength at any stage. Yeah. You went to Duke. Um, the thing that. <laughs> The thing, okay, who's got a bigger ego, you or J.J. Reddick? Oh, my ego is bigger, yeah. Really? And rightfully so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. He's got, J.J. has a lot to be humble about. Let's put it that way. <laughs> he, 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 he was a better player, but it ends there. <laughs> I, wanna... I found out a lot about J.J. last night. Do you know that he doesn't wear a belt? He never wears a belt. And I find that... Okay. Very odd. And then, uh, and he's very worried about tie length. His tie has to be the right length. And he always, <laughs> he takes three or four times to tie it to get it the right length. He's got some issues. <laughs> He'll be on the draft coverage tonight with uh, Jay and Malika and company. I, I like to find out how much you want to be great, like the, the work ethic. And, and how do you find that out? Of somebody is hungry and wants to be great and put it, you know, I, I bring like Joker. I don't know if he was hungry to be great. It just felt like he was a big guy, but there had been a ton of big guys. But then something happened or something clicked. And then trying to gauge that of Peyton Manning's obsessed with being the greatest quarterback of all time. Maybe Ryan Leaf wasn't obsessed with being the greatest. Or Tom Brady's obsessed with being great. Jordan wanted to be the greatest. How do you, how do you find that in somebody's DNA? I don't know. I mean, you, you do the most research you can. That's why scouts get the games early to see who comes out and practices early and stay late to see who stays there afterwards. They do a ton of intel finding out what's the work ethic like, you know, what, what's the player like, um, talking to other people about how they treat people. Um, sometimes you can see it. Um, other times you, you have to, you know, you try to hear about it as best you can. I'm not sure, like, the players are so programmed now. Everybody knows what to say. And th this this will resonate in our age group. Like, I, I remember uh, during the draft process, uh, a coaching buddy of mine said, everybody's Eddie Haskell now. 
you know, like like everybody, hello, Mrs. Cleaver, you look nice. And then they turn around <laughs> and they, they're themselves after the draft. And, you know, guys that weren't in great shape during the year, the, their best condition, all of a sudden are cut up and ready after the season ends. But, but you know, the ones that are ready to be pros, like there is a maturity factor. Guys can get can increase their maturity as they go on. There may, maybe like a JJ Reddick could be an example. He would probably say that his first couple of years at Duke, he wasn't a focused player, and then he became one, and he became a, a craftsman and got in amazing shape and and worked incredibly hard. But if he came out after his sophomore year, I'm sure people would have said, "Well, he's he, he doesn't work as hard or stuff like that." But but it's not. I'm not sure it's a switch that flips. But but guys do mature. Uh, in the final 30 seconds, do you have a favorite player in the draft that we can keep an eye on? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that Taylor Hendricks of Central Florida is really good. Um, he's a he's a prototypical kind of three and D stretch four. He's not he's not sensational, uh, but he's so good, and and he'll be one of those guys that he's so solid and he can shoot it from three and block shots and rebound. Um, I think he's a top top six guy mm. and then cam whitmore is going to be really interesting because he didn't play as much because of injury out of villanova and he's uh he's got an nfl body i mean he's a mac truck out there um so i really like him i just i, I don't know that he's going to go top five it'll probably be between uh, seven and ten good to talk to you have fun tonight jay thank you always thank you dan that's jay billis espn college basketball analyst he'll be on the call tonight they got a, a plethora of people there I got uh, Woj will be there, Malik Andrews will be there, J.J. Reddick will be there. The coverage starts at 8 Eastern on the Mothership. We're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. I should have asked Jay Billis if he ever had a basketball card. I don't think Jay played in the NBA, just Duke and then maybe overseas. Paulie, would you check and see if Jay Billis played in the NBA? Sure. Okay. Panini America has the trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show, the official trading cards of this program. Also, the official products from the NFL, NBA, UFC, FIFA World Cup, and collegiate sports. Collectors, share your cards in the public gallery. Complete challenges, earning exclusive award cards, and make sure you check out the newly released NFL and NBA Prism packs. Keep an eye out. The Panini NFT platform, new features coming next month. Also, Panini NFT trading cards giving you the opportunity to pull autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, even one-of-one one NFTs from every base pack. Did Jay Billis play in the NBA? He did not. Okay, so he doesn't have a trading card, apparently. NFT.PaniniAmerica.net, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This is Steve Cavino and Rich Davis, and together we are Cavino and Rich. Cavino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, that's right, Cavino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show, heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Every Cavino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rockin' dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah! Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. 
This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't know if it's a beef, but maybe we're making it into a beef. Joe Burrow was asked, who's the best quarterback? He said, uh, Pat, talking about Patrick Mahomes. And even if Joe Burrow thinks he's the best quarterback, it's smart to say the guy who's got a couple MVPs and a couple of Super Bowl rings. And then um, Jamar Chase was asked about this and saying, uh, hey, who do you think's the best quarterback? And he said, well, Joe Burrow, his guy. So he's backing his guy. And then... Jamar Chase was asked, what about Patrick Patrick Mahomes? He was like, who? 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 And then Mahomes uh, posted a picture, this is who, and showed that he had a couple of Super Bowl rings. <laughs> well, Travis Kelsey then had his quarterbacks back on his podcast. It is what it is, dog. Who doesn't love some good locker room banter, man? Shout out to Jamar Chase for, you know, holding it down for his QB, but <laughs> don't you ever disrespect Pat Mahomes now. If you want to talk your Talk your pimp. Just better back it up. How did Travis Kelsey <laughs> and his brother grow up in the same household? Right? It's, it feels like James in Virginia and Travis Kelsey went to the same high school. But Travis Kelsey and his brother, Jason Kelsey, they don't sound alike. Travis is not afraid to get involved and say, hey, make your move. Make your move, pimp. <laughs> Yes, North. 
the Kelsey brothers definitely sat at different lunch tables yes. in high school. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. But they grew up in the same house, right? They're the same family. Yeah, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> but but his brother doesn't sound like him. Mm. Play Travis Kelsey again, right at the very end. It's like, who is this? James in Virginia. It is what it is, dog. Who doesn't love some good locker room banter, man? Shout out to Jamar Chase for you know holding it down for his QB, but. <laughs> Don't you ever disrespect Pat Mahomes now. If you want to talk your shit, talk your shit, pimp, just better back it up. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I mean, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. It's uh, getting towards late June. Yeah, Marv. I just love the Kelsey brothers so much because different lunch tables, they don't go to the same barbershop either. No. That... No. <laughs> yeah, no. They are nothing alike. Phenomenal. Nothing alike. And they seem pretty, pretty close. Yeah. Oh, very. And then Max Crosby of the Raiders, the defensive end, he he said what I think a lot of people are thinking. He's on the Von cast with Von Miller and had this to say about the minority owner of the Raiders, Tom Brady. Obviously, we got Jimmy G. He's coming back. He's going to be healthy. But you never know what's going to happen. Tom yeah. Brady's a competitor, the greatest of all time. So... At the absolute worst, you know, if everything doesn't go the way it's supposed to and we need him, I would not be surprised if Tom Brady shows up in a Raider jersey. Oh, boy. Maybe maybe he's joking. Maybe there's part of him that didn't want to joke. He was being serious. Did you see Max Crosby's new tattoo? Google it. It is crazy. It's, it's an entire uh, chest. His whole body. It's got Muhammad Ali, Kobe, and Michael Jordan, I think, on his uh, on his chest. Oh, dang! Oh, yeah! That's oh, it, it's it's everything. Yeah, there's no sp- space anymore. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, that looks great. Yeah, that uh, that's a commitment. That's going to take uh, probably ten to fifteen hours to do that. Yes, Paul. He better keep lifting. You know, when his whole career is over, he better not put his feet up. And I don't think anybody thinks that when they get a tattoo, like, this is going to be sagging at one day. Yeah, at Kobe's going to be sagging if he doesn't keep lifting. <laughs> you don't want somebody to go, who is it? Whenever you get a tattoo and it has a face on it, you don't want somebody to go, well, who is that? And then you, when you get the tattoo, like, that's obvious. And then you go, oh, okay. That, that doesn't look like uh, David Robinson. Yes, Paul. His chest is going to look like a Van Gogh in 15 years. It's all going different directions. Good luck. Good luck with that. Uh, Doug in North Carolina. Hi, Doug. Thanks for holding. What do you have for me today? Well, Dan, one of the things that Peacock viewers get out of your show that maybe your listeners don't is during your cut-ins, quite frequently, Polly gives very detailed critiques of uniforms and uh, breaks down the style. He's kind of the Joan Rivers of sports uniforms. And I'm a lifelong Detroit Lions fan. I have to get Polly's opinion because I just thought it was god-awful ugly. They unveiled a new uniform that they're going to use for some games, and I wanted to see if Polly saw it. Did he see the helmet and just see what uh, Polly thought uh, right. Polly thinks about it? All right. I, I, saw that, I saw the story. I didn't see the uniform. We'll do a look in on it. But the helmet, it's, it's kind of a blue helmet with a gray face mask. It's got two stripes down the like up and down stripes Is on the side. Is it gray or silver? The the. the uh, the face mask is gray. The helmet is blue, like that mm. shocking blue that they have now, a little more light blue. Um, and then there's an old school, like from the 50s, lion in white going through it. I think the helmets are great. 
but they have the helmets with these all gray uniforms, and they it doesn't look like they go together. The helmet has a cool logo. Mm. Yes, Todd. That's like a Conference USA or middle of the oh, pack uh, oh. Patriot League or whatever. Okay. It does kind of look like that to me. All right. People still coming up with a nickname for Victor Wambayama, Claude in Kentucky. Hi, Claude. Hey, how you doing, Dan? Good, Claude. Uh, first time, long time, five eight, and too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the nickname is uh, for the new boy is uh, Victor E. I thought just plain and simple, since he's supposed to win all the time. And then I wanted to ask y'all if uh, any of y'all, Dan, actually had heard of uh, Jen Wigmore. She's a singer, uh, uh, pretty much well renowned. She's from New Zealand, but she lives in Las Vegas, or Los Angeles, excuse me, and. Uh, I just want to know if Seton, anybody had heard of her. She's had quite a few, that loves her own music. And no, I, I have not, Claude. I have not. But I'm still trying to stay in my lane with Southern Rock here. I'm getting roughed up, uh, Seton, today by the audience with Southern Rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, go <laughs> ahead. Tell me, tell me what they're saying. I'm okay. Uh, well... Let's see. This person just said Dan being from Southern Ohio is about as Southern as Brian Kelly being from Southern Massachusetts. All right. <laughs> I haven't even won all my games yet. I haven't even won all my games yeah. yet. Y'all. All right. What else? I lived Southern Rock. You did. Yes. You played those songs on the radio. I played those songs. But anybody who's going to throw Molly Hatchet in there as one of the original, an OG of Southern Rock is crazy. They do seem to be one of the bands listed first. Molly Hatchet. Okay. They they had a couple of albums. What, Flirting with Disaster? But, you know, you had Marshall Tucker Band before them and Skinner before them, and the Allman Brothers came before them. Why is this a question? I may not have been up to speed on Green Day, but I'm up to speed on Southern Rock. Marshall Tucker Band? Yeah, Absolutely. Green grass and high tides forever. Live version. Yeah. 20 minutes. <laughs> I'd, I'd finish my shift in college, and i go, here's uh, green grass and high tides forever. See you tomorrow. <laughs> 20 minutes. I come out the door. I'm back in my uh, dorm. Final hour on the way. More phone calls coming up after this. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.